Welcome to checking out the competition. Second round edition, which never has happened before. So I don't even know how this is going to go. It's completely fresh territory for us in Flyersville. <laughs> we are joined today by Dan Saracini of Lighthouse Hockey, who I've told you guys before is one of my favorite people to do these with. But since the world is an absolute hellscape, I'm going to give him compliments because he deserves them. So Dan, thank you for hanging out with me. I really appreciate it. Oh, this is great. It's great to talk to you again. Awesome. So, uh... Yeah, second round, eh? This is happening. Yeah, well, you know, it gets old, old to be old hat after a little yeah. while for those of us. I'm just, I'm just kidding. This is, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but, yeah. Since you guys got a wizard for a coach, now the second round is just a thing that happens every year for you, and that's fine. But mm-hmm. speaking of your wizard coach and you being in the second round, um, I want to start off by talking a little bit about that Capital series because, um. I think heading into it, people kind of expected the Caps would be good. Um, they, they kind of weren't for the most part. Um, what would you say was the key for the Islanders taking down the Capitals pretty handily? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I mean, that series did not go the way a lot of people expected. Even people that thought the Islanders could win the series didn't expect it them to jump out to like a three games to nothing lead. And then, you know, the caps to kind of just go out with a whimper like that. Um, I don't know if, if there was really one key. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, it's easy to be like, Oh, Barry Trotz knows how the caps operate and stuff like that. But it was really the, uh, the Islanders just really neutralized a lot of the caps offensive weaponry and then kind of went after John Carlson a little bit uh, mm. and kind of made him, you know, I don't want to say that they lost because of him, but I mean, he, he did not have a good series. And I mean, he had a, a great season offensively in particular, but the Islanders just, not only did they go after him on defense, but they just completely nullified him offensively. And um, then they just took out the rest of the caps too. I mean, the Caps only scored, I think it was, you know, nine goals or whatever in five games. And they only had three goal scorers. Alex Ovechkin, TJ Oshie, and Evgeny Kuznetsov accounted for all of the goals the Capitals scored. And so, you know, throughout the lineup, there just wasn't anything else going for them. I mean, even guys like Tom Wilson and, uh, you know, the other kind of uh, offensively-minded Caps just couldn't get anything going. And, you know, the Islanders just, they have a game plan and they stick with it. And I know it's an old cliche, but they really just didn't, they when they're operating, you know it because they're just not letting you skate with the puck that often. And they're just not giving up two on one chances and they're not giving up anything in the slot area. That's just how they play. And that's mm-hmm. basically what happened to the caps. Like if you look at the heat maps, you know, I kind of have trouble sometimes reading those things. And sometimes you see them come across Twitter and somebody will be like, Oh my God. And I'm looking at these. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm even looking at. I know but exactly the, what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, the heat maps from that series are actually really telling. And you've got these super dark, blue blobs in front of the crease on the Islanders side, which is where all of their shots were coming from. And then you've got these sort of lighter colored blob in front of the Capitals uh, net and, you know, sort of darker ish blobs over on the outside. And that's where all their shots were coming from. And the Islanders just didn't allow them too many clean looks uh, and in good scoring chance, you know, in good scoring areas and, you know, really limited the caps to not a whole lot offensively. So if, if there's a key, it's that. But you know, that's kind of what the Islanders do to everybody. So, I mean, it just it just worked really, really well against the caps. I don't know why, you know, it's just whether it was the Islanders being that attuned to it or the Flyers not. I mean, the uh, the caps maybe not being that attuned to it. But, uh, yeah, it just worked 
it worked perfectly. It was textbook Barry Trotz hockey, really. God, I got to tell you, I am. Um, it's it's a weird thing. Like I don't. I look at the Islanders and I don't worry about the Islanders, like their players and that kind of thing. But then, friggin' Barry Trotz, man, like he just. <laughs> He's a really like I I don't think there are very many coaches that are actually good and like influence games very much at all as far as outcomes like mm-hmm. long term. Um but he very obviously does. So Yeah. Super great that we get to face him in the second round. But <laughs> um one of the things that I noticed um kind of going over the way that the Islanders looked against the Caps is that um unlike the Flyers who in the first round kind of really relied on their depth to get the wins that they got. The top-end talent for the Flyers has been pretty quiet um, against the Habs in that entire series, which is frustrating. But um, it seems like the best players on the Islanders are playing like the best players on the Islanders. So we should definitely be concerned about like Anders Lee and Matt Barzal and J.G. Peugeot. Like these guys are playing really well, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, The second line of the Islanders actually had a big breakthrough uh, series and they've been really good throughout these playoffs. I guess we'll just call them the bubble, the bubble era uh, of NHL history. But that mm-hmm. line of Anthony Beauvillier, Brock Nelson and, and Josh Bailey, to be honest, I, I don't even know was really even a line before all this happened. I mean, they may have been on a line every once in a while, but they weren't like a set thing. And since this whole bubble period has started Beauvillier in particular has been phenomenal he's he's been all over the place he had two goals in that clinching game uh against the caps and it's been so long my friend Michael Leboff and I have our podcast Islanders Anxiety and we were talking about this the other day and it's like the the search for another scoring option has been going on for the Islanders forever I mean that that was the 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 whole thing behind the the John Tavares era was okay well this guy scores who else is going to score well they never really found anybody to do that consistently and this this playoff period has been basically that and so even if guys like Lee and Barzell don't score um they have options that can score and it's been a real cool thing to watch it hasn't I mean I don't remember a time when this like you know Barzell has had two you know two or three 20 goal seasons but you know, 20, 20 something goals over the course of an 80 game season is, is cool, but that means that there, <laughs> there was a bunch of games where he didn't score, you know? And so, uh, he's always had the talent, but he, so far he's really just put things together and he's, even when he's not scoring, he's out there creating havoc. And, uh, and then Nelson, I mean, you talk about Barry Trotz being a wizard before his first season with the Islanders. I actually wrote an article about how Brock Nelson was going to end up being the Islanders second line center. And this was an absolutely terrible turn of events because Nelson had not shown the kind of consistency it takes to be a second line center in the NHL. And he has been a completely different player under Barry Trotz. He's, he's consistent. He's going to the net all the time. He's just extremely confident. He's good on defense, which again, Nelson had not been prior to two years ago. Uh And then Bailey's what's that? No, I was just agreeing with you. (laughs) Yeah. And, and Bailey is Bailey, you know, Josh Bailey takes a lot of grief from Islanders fans because they took him 12th overall in 2000 and uh, 2008. And so he's been around a long time and I don't know what people expect from him, but you know, he's not a superstar, but he's just a very, very good hockey player that can play in all situations. And so the three of them have really given the Islanders a a huge lift. And then when you do get goals from guys like Anders Lee, who had a really good series against the caps, it's almost like, uh, you know, a a wealth of, uh, it's like striking gold. It's like, Oh my God, these guys are actually scoring 
goals consistently. Now, and then Pajot, like you said, he, he's been a perfect fit. I mean, he's exactly what they need. And yeah. I know people quibble about what they give up for him, but he's the perfect Barry Trotz hockey player. He's good defensively. He can play power play, penalty kill, never gives up on plays, and he can score. So uh, he's been a perfect fit uh, in that thing. And at this point, that first round pick that they're giving up to the Senators is, is I don't even care where where it's at at this right. point. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's it's really hard um, when you're making what seems like a a good playoff run to really care much about <laughs> what you gave up to get there. Like, who cares? Yeah, exactly. If you go deep in the playoffs, whatever. Um, speaking of defense, so I was reading um, Dom Loose Chicken. So I always just say Loose Chicken because <laughs> that's how Charlie told me to say his name. So I'm just like, he's Dom Loose Chicken. <laughs> which I know is not actually how you say it. But anyway, I was reading his preview of the series this morning. Um, and he, he made a, a really big deal about the fact that um, even outside of the fact that Barry Trotz coaches this team to be kind of a defense first shutdown machine, um, the, the defense, the defensive players for the Islanders had a really outstanding series against the Capitals. Um he made a point that even Nick Letty looked good in the series, which is probably a surprise to everybody. But um, would you say that that the success there against the Caps is more of the trot system or are these guys kind of playing up to the playoffs in a way? I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, there's definitely these guys have bought into this system going back to last season there were some bumps in the road the first couple of months but starting around november you started to see them kind of turn in you know more guys kind of getting on board and then by december when they added devon taves uh on the defensive end because thomas hickey had gotten hurt that was where they really found their stride and these guys are literally all pulling in the same direction now i mean after two years they're definitely all pulling in the same direction at the same time that being said you know it's it's funny because you know, an outsider, a fan of another team, I look at these this you know, roster and be like, who the hell are these guys? Who the hell is Adam <laughs> Pellick? Who the hell is Devon Taves? Who are these guys? Andy Green, what is the guy from the Devils? Isn't he like 45 years old? Right. I mean, the thing is that they're good. They don't get a lot of press, but as a collective, they're pretty good. And Pellick is a perfect example. He He's what I just said about Brock Nelson goes for Adam Pellick, too, before. Trots took over. He was kind of helter skelter. He would, you know, get scratched every once in a while and give up the big play. And, you know, he was kind of like, what is the deal with this guy? But under Trots, he has become this really important shutdown defenseman. He, was, he won't score a lot of points. I mean, if you see him take a shot on net during the course of the game, it's kind of a rare occurrence. But he's just quietly a very efficient and effective defensive defenseman and there were a couple of points during the cap series where if you look at him he just calmly skates up to alex ovechkin and just takes the puck away from him i mean that's alex ovechkin mm. like how does that even happen um yeah. ass assistant coach greg cronin uh is not a guy islanders fans miss all that much but he the best thing he ever gave us was a nickname for adam adam Pellick, which is the cobra which is he because he uses his stick to like disrupt people and kind of take the puck away like a cobra would and we just call him the cobra so i mean it's a great nickname for anybody i guess it but, is good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but so he's been really effective and then they pair him with uh ryan pollock who some people might know he, he's known for having a pretty big heavy slap shot he's actually better than than just that he's also been pretty uh you know solid uh defensively they just don't give up that much and again they they all follow the same pattern which is keep guys from the middle of the ice uh you know 
take the puck away. Don't let them get a whole lot of free space out there. And uh, and just, you know, make make the safe play pretty much all the time. And they do a lot of dump ins and, and things like that. And they're not afraid to just pull the puck back, wait a second, collect their thoughts and then move on with everything. Uh, the second pair is usually Devon Taves, who is like Pollock, only an even better skater. He's a great skating defenseman, uh, great offensive instincts. Uh, and he's paired with Scott Mayfield, who is kind of the more a little bit defensive side guy. But the, neither of them is afraid to jump up in the play a little bit like, you know, the kind of defenseman the Flyers have. Uh, and then the third pair, Johnny Boychuk got hurt in the first game against the Panthers in the previous series. So he was taken out and uh, Andy Green stepped in and, and has just been phenomenal. He's just I mean, I never really paid much attention to him when he played for the Devils, but he's just as smooth and and, you know, effective as everybody else. He just knows what he's doing. He follows the directions and he and Letty have actually done a really good pair. I'm as surprised as anybody that Letty's been this good. Um, you know, Letty's always been a bit of a frustrating player because his his skating is so much better than every other, almost every other defenseman <laughs> in the league. It's, it's ridiculous. But then he never seems to really do much with it. You know, he, he's not, he knifes through the defense and then he just sort of dumps the puck into the corner. Okay. Well, mm. thanks. But uh, it's not, not the worst thing you could do, but it's also not the greatest thing you could do either. But, you know, sometimes you see flashes of that skill, but he's again, been on board. He's played really, really well. And so, yeah, they, they've been very effective, but it's, it's team wide defense. Like you can't really be like, well, their defensemen are doing what they could do because the forwards are doing the same thing that they're doing, you know, taking the puck away, putting the puck, you know, give, not giving anybody any space in the middle of the ice and just kind of waiting for their chances to strike. And that's just, that's how the Islanders play right now. It's, and it's all working. I've never seen a team in this, this in sync uh, in my entire life, to be perfectly honest with you. And it's kind of cool. No. That's a lot of confidence being inspired in me right <laughs> a now. Little I bit gotta be honest. Yeah. yeah, like I, I, I was so confident in the Flyers heading into the first round, just because they'd played so well in the round robin. Um, I was kind of just like, all right, cool. Like they're just gonna pick up right where they left off. This is great. They're gonna keep rolling. Um, and then Montreal kind of uh, stopped them in their tracks a little bit. I think that they. They got a little bit of luck in this Montreal series. They're a bit lucky that they are just true talent wise, a better team than the right. Habs because they gave them plenty of opportunities to win the games that they lost. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about, because one of the, the biggest problems um, during that first round for the Flyers was on special teams. Penalty kill is pretty good, but the power play has been absolutely abysmal um, for the entirety of these playoffs. And from what I understand, the Islanders' penalty kill hasn't been too great. Um, yeah, no, that's true. That's where. Any they... re- yeah, any reason to think that the the Islanders are gonna get that together, or is this actually an opportunity for the Flyers to get their shit together with regard to the power play? No, it definitely is. Uh, don't don't let my my confidence in the last series uh, fool you into thinking <laughs> I'm confident about this series because we know that. As Islanders fans, we know that the Flyers are a much more talented team. I mean, the Caps obviously are still pretty good, but you know, once you remove half of the the lineup from scoring and you concentrate on the guys that are pretty good, then you know the the series starts to look a little bit more yeah. even. You know, but the Flyers have guys up and down the lineup that that can definitely do damage. And I was actually shocked to find out that the Flyers' power play was as bad as it was until that that game where they scored that three those three power play goals. I was like. They're one for what? Because uh, on my end, my, you know, from my perspective, the Islanders power play went like one for 19 at one point. And I was like, oh, man, that's terrible. You can't do that, you know, and they probably would have swept the caps had they put a couple of power play goals in. So it was funny to see another team struggling 
in the same area that the Islanders were. Uh, and so I was like, oh, maybe it's just not them. Um, as far as the penalty kill goes, yeah, it's been it's it's kind of weird to be a good defensive team and yet have a, a penalty kill that's just not that I good. I was thinking that. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. How can they be so good five on five defensively and then not? I <laughs> if I knew, I would. T- I don't know. I think, yeah, right. <laughs> um, I think both the power play and the penalty kill suffer from kind of the same thing when that they tend to get a little bit kind of stagnant and like they I, I don't know if they're kind of you know i mean there it's one thing to follow a game plan but it's another thing to kind of be on autopilot and not really pay attention to kind of the situation that's going on and i think that's what happens a lot the, the panthers i mean the caps got their goals on the power play and, and that's one and that you kind of expect but like the panthers really feasted on the islanders penalty kill and that was really a problem and you know when they lost game three basically because the islanders had two stupid penalties right in succession. What one was a Simeon Varlamov played the puck outside the trapezoid, which is like, who, who even gets that penalty anymore? I don't even know. It was very strange. And then a minute late, they give up a power play there. And then a minute later, Scott Mayfield throws the puck over the glass, gets, gives them a power play. And then they score again, again there. So, you know, the, the, the problems the Islanders have run into in this whole thing so far have been self-created. And one of those is definitely penalties, um, I, I don't know. And, and to be honest, I don't know what adjustments they can make to to make their penalty killing any better against the Flyers other than just don't take penalties, which is really easy to say. Um, so, yeah, I, I would think if, if the Flyers have I mean, look, the Flyers are really, really good. And I totally see everything I just told you about how good the Islanders were in the last se- series coming back to bite me. And all of a sudden the the Flyers are teeing off from the slot. And I don't know what mm. how to explain what's going on. <laughs> I can totally see that happening. Um, but you know, as of right now, yeah, the, the penalty kill is definitely a source of, of concern. And then, you know, they, they play Leo Komarov specifically because he's good at, on the PK allegedly. But again, if you know, you're giving up penalty power play goals, I don't know why, how, how good he could possibly be. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's just going to have to hope that they have done their homework and they know what, what the flyers are going to throw at them and they can kind of neutralize it. But, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So one of the things, as soon as it became clear, um, and it became clear quickly that the the Islanders were going to beat the Caps, um, obviously, Flyers fans, as they are, um, started worrying ahead of time <laughs> about the next round. Um, and kind of like the the overall discussion was kind of like, the Islanders just do what the, the Habs are doing to the Flyers in this series, but they do it better. Um the, the Habs kind of did a really good job, like forechecking the Flyers to death and really taking away the neutral zone and clogging things up and just not letting the Flyers play their game. Essentially, the Flyers had to bring themselves around to playing the Habs game in order to beat them, um, which obviously, you know, you would prefer that it went the other way, right? You would <laughs> prefer that your team is forcing the other team to play their game, not the other way around. Um, so given that, I'm not sure how how much you think that's true that the Islanders are kind of just a better version of the Habs, maybe a bit slower, but on the whole kind of a better version of the game that they play. Um, If that's the case, if you think there's something to that, what do the flyers need to adjust in their game? What do you do to break through the trots defensive system? Uh, I will say that definitely the Islanders are going to try to force the flyers to play their game. And Uh, that is how they, that's what they did to the caps. And and the one game that they lost, they got thrown off of their game, uh, right from the, they scored in game four against the Capitals. The Islanders had a two goal lead. They took a penalty 
And from that point on, the Caps just started hitting everything that moved. Uh, Garnet Hathaway at one point tackled Matt Barzell behind his own net, then tried to fight literally everybody else on the ice. Uh, Ovechkin got uh, right at the buzzer in the first period. Ovechkin took Casey Zekas in a headlock for some reason. And and the Islanders then spent the next sec- the second period like completely just melting down and taking penalties every few minutes. And it, they just never got to the point where they can play their game. And then Ovechkin scored early in the third, and then the game was essentially over. So when the Islanders can play their game, that is their element, and that's what they want. And actually, Josh Bailey had a really telling quote after they had eliminated the Caps. He said, you know, when they're playing the way they're supposed to, the feeling on the bench is contagious. Everybody wants to kind of be the next line up and do the the next thing and keep it going for the next line. So, again, like I said, they're all in sync. They know they know what they need to do, and they just got to go out and do it. And sometimes, you know, it just gets lost from them. You know, sometimes you have a bad period or a bad couple of minutes, and, and they're going to try to – take that back as quickly as possible as for if they're just like the Habs only better. I mean, I guess I think a lot of teams probably fall into that cap. Does that mean Dallas is better than <laughs> just like the Islanders only better? I don't know. Um, I know that wow. when it looked like, yeah. Um, when it, these playoff matches were shaping up Islanders fans were not necessarily happy to see the flyers, but definitely happy to not see the Bruins who I can tell you for sure are just like the Islanders only way better. Like they just, they are exactly <laughs> what the Islanders are trying to be, except they've got guys who are like going to the hall of fame, you know? So, and, and they've got guys that they don't, there's no David Pasternak on the Islanders. There's no Patrice Bergeron, yeah. you know? So, um, it, I just, I, you know, I don't know if, if it's really, like I, I don't know enough about how Montreal plays to be like, yeah, they're just kind of like that, uh, only better. But I do know that you know the Islanders' game is to just take you, make you play their game, and some some teams can now some teams can play the Islanders' game and still win. You know, I mean, again, if yeah, they got yeah. into a match with the Bruins, they could still play. And I think for a team that doesn't play that way, speed is the big thing. It's just mm, keeping okay. you know, don't let the Islanders kind of box you into a corner. Don't let them get away from you. And if you do, then, you know, they're going to take penalties and stuff like that. But they've done a good job of they're not a fast team. Like you said, they're they're not they're not quick at all, but they do do a good job of kind of keeping up. And it reminds me a little bit of the Kings. I know this is going to get me in trouble, but like when the Kings were winning cups, they were not a fast Mm -hmm. team either. But they did a good job of like keeping up with the 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 opposing forwards and somehow and moving the puck along and kind of quickly and and seeming fast without having guys that can skate fast and so that's kind of where the islanders are again don't 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 take don't interpret this as me saying the islanders are about to win two of the next four stanley cups because i wouldn't go that far but it is a little bit similar and then they've got guys like barzell and bovillier and and pajo who can skate and are pretty fast so Speed is definitely the key. That that to me, if I'm the Flyers, and that's what make, that's what scares me honestly about the Flyers, particularly on defense. So they've got a, a lot of defensemen that can skate really well. Yeah. Which the Caps did not, and the Panthers did not. So yeah, that's going to be a definite matchup problem for the Islanders. They don't have you know guys like uh, like Provorov and and Gostas Bear can skate, and guys like John Carlson, especially when he's injured, not so much. So uh, yeah. you know that's a problem for them. that could be a problem for them. Gotta hope that that. The coaching staff of the Flyers recognizes that Shane Goss's bear would be an asset in the series, but that <laughs> yeah. is completely up in the air. Like I, right. I have no idea if he's in, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out. I wouldn't be surprised. That's <laughs> kind of where we are with Shane Goss's bear right now. But um, yeah, something tells me that the Isl- the Islanders won't have trouble keeping up with Robert Haig. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But um, if you had to, if you had to tell me like why you're 
nervous heading into the series or what worries you heading into the series? What would that be? Oh, well, I'm always nervous. So the answer is well, <laughs> we're, we're Hodge fans. So like yeah, life exactly. generally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we were just talking about this on our show too. Like we don't want to get, you know, it's easy to be like, well, I mean, I'm, again, the Flyers are good. Like I don't, I'm, and uh, Elaine Vigneault has a, uh, somehow mastered the art of going to the Stanley Cup final in the first year of his coaching tenure with team, which is really a very strange uh, skill to have. Um, and so, you know, I mean, they're here for a reason. Like they they won those round robin games for a reason. It's not an accident. They're really good. And obviously Carter Hart makes makes a big difference back there. And the Islanders have their own goalie in waiting and Ilya Sorokin, who's with them but can't play because he's signed for next year. So, uh, you know, he might end up being their kind of version of that guy, the young guy who comes in and just – can't lose. Um, but, you know, I, I think it comes down to something that you, like you were talking about before, you know, and just not being in the second round all that often is like I'm nervous about being too confident and then having that sort of heartbreak happen. Like, I, you know, mm. I, I'm, I'm telling myself the Flyers are good and they are good. I mean, I'm not making this up. But there's a lot to worry about. Maybe the Islanders, you know, that one series against the Caps maybe won't be replicated. Um, and so I just, you know, you want to enjoy it for what it is while at the same time staying in the moment. That's another Barry Trotzism, being in the moment, being focused mm. on this game in front of you and not, you know, game two, three, four, five, whatever. So that that's really what worries me is just kind of staying present and, and enjoying this for what it is and being like, hey, my team's in the second round of the playoffs. That's pretty awesome. And, you know, it's it going to have fun with. You know, yeah, whatever happens, you know, it happened in the second round of the playoffs, which doesn't happen that often. You you might end up going 23 years without it happening ever, which is what happened with the Islanders. So mm. it's 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 really that it's just the kind of like the not knowing and, and the the um I don't know, just not being used to this kind of thing. You know, if, yeah. if this was the lightning or the Bruins, we'd be used to the second round of playoffs. But it's not, you know, it's just, we're we're new here and uh, we want to make the best of it. So hopefully it turns out for the best. Yeah, now, my best thing, is obviously different than your best, but you know what well, I mean. <laughs> we're all doing our best, but yeah. <laughs> if I if I had to pinpoint when I I looked at that same heat map that you referenced mm. earlier, um, with that giant deep blue blob right in front of the crease, um, I'm I'm worried about that just because like <laughs> Carter Hart was pretty outstanding, um, mm. in the first round, and he's been pretty consistently good for the entire season. So it's not that I worry about Carter Hart, but um, all of this is Carter Hart's first time at literally every single thing that happens. So the idea um, of him just being like crashed constantly and just like, you know, shots firing from all over the ice with just like bodies in front of him and deflections and like chaos and all that stuff. I, I'm curious to see how that works out for him. Because for the most part, the Flyers do a pretty good job letting him see the puck. And when he sees the puck, he tends to stop the puck. Um, mm. So if, if there's just like a mass of bodies in front of him at all times, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. I'm not entirely sure how it's going to work out, but <laughs> we're going to find out. So yeah, um, there's, uh, yeah if, I think he, he's going to be seeing Anders Lee and Brock Nelson in his sleep. Because those guys are basically <laughs> just going to be like camping out in the crease area, particularly Lee. Like that's that's where he makes his money. You know, he's yeah. he's the guy who's who just camps out in front of the crease. And sometimes the pucks fall for him. And so, like honestly, for the 
the bet you know the other thing that makes this kind of surprising is that you know the before the pause the, the Islanders had lost seven games in a row and looked like they weren't even going to make the playoffs and now here they mm-hmm. are in the second round and and Lee in particular like I mean he's just sometimes the the deflections and fall for him and sometimes they don't and for the majority of the season they just didn't he was doing everything that he normally did that just right. the bucks just didn't go in and so you know he's going to he's going to be there like you know he's going to be there and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't so uh yeah I, I did think about that too like you know I don't know if the Habs have an equivalent to an Anders Lee who just like sort of parks his no. you know 6 foot 5 inch frame <laughs> fo- and former football player frame in the Perfect. crease and just you know does his thing so I, that could be a matchup issue for them but again sometimes you know they could they could be peppering shots from all over and lee just is they aren't falling for him so it might end yeah. up being a whole lot of nothing but and i know varlamov has great numbers um heading into the season has he sometimes i wonder with a team like the islanders like are the goalie numbers inflated by the fact that the team in front of him is so good defensively has he been like flashy lights out good or is he just kind of playing steady and the team in front of him is getting the job done? He's actually made a, quite a few spectacular saves. Um, Nicholas Backstrom missed the majority of that cap series after being hit by Anders Lee uh, early in game one. And he came back in game five and he was kind of quiet, to be honest. I mean, for Nicholas Backstrom, he was. But he early in the third period of that uh, fifth game, he he basically had what I looked to me like it was going to be a sure goal. He was the, the third man in flying in on the wing and somebody hit him with the, a pass and he had all kinds of room to shoot and, and Varlamov just jumped out and made a huge stabbing glove save with it. And I thought for sure it had gone in, but then when I saw everybody kind of skating around, I was like, wait, that wasn't a goal. Um, so he has been capable of these things. He had a two pad stack save against the Panthers. That was pretty cool. You don't see that too often. Um, and he's been really, really good. Now that being said, you know, the Islanders don't really give up a ton of shots against. Um, right. So you do kind of wonder if, if it's maybe the workload that helps, but yeah, he's been really good. And, and again, like going back to the regular season, he, he wasn't, he had been pretty good, but he hadn't, he wasn't good. So good that made people forget about Robin Leonard, who was spectacular last season, mm-hmm. nor make them not want, Ilya Sorokin to sign, who's been spectacular over the KHL. Um, but so far, he's he's been pretty solid and so solid that Thomas Grice, who is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, spent the last five years with the Islanders and basically won them a playoff series against Pan- the Panthers four years ago, hasn't even seen the ice. He's just been a backup this whole time. So, uh, you know, I think it's it's he's been really, really good. And, uh, you know, I think it's a good fit, again, between team and player and and he's worked his way into the system and he knows what to expect. And Barry Trotz is all about predictability. He wants the team to be predictable and know where the shots are coming from, know who's going to do what before they do it so that the rest of the team can all be in sync. And and he's right now, he's found that groove as well as anybody has. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see again, hopefully it can continue, but so far that's the way it's been and through, through two rounds or whatever, play in round and first round, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, it's been neat, pretty neat. All right. So the last thing that I'm going to ask you is to give me a prediction. How do you think this series is going to go? Oh God, I was afraid. I was hoping for the playoffs. Uh-huh. You didn't do that, but now you've you've roped me, I must, trapped me. <laughs> yeah, must put everyone on the spot at all times. All right. Um, I'm going to be very diplomatic and say that I do think the Islanders can win this series. Will they? I don't know. I mean, it's a playoff series. Things can happen. I, I do think that they, they can win it. But, I you know, I think the Flyers aren't going to be an easy out. I wouldn't expect anything other than, you know, five or six or seven games. I can't imagine this is going to go yeah. 
too easily one way or the other. You know, if it gets to a seventh <laughs> game, uh, you know, all bets are off right? at that point. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who, know? who knows? Yeah. Right. Uh, it, could, it could be anything, but uh, I, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a much more evenly matched. I know a lot of Flyers fans listening to this again, looking at that roster and being like, I have no idea who these people are, but uh, you know, I think they're they're a lot better than uh, than people give them credit for, and obviously they'll they'll be ready. Um, you know, I just uh, I, again, I'm just trying to enjoy it and be in the moment and, and see what happens. But uh, I, I don't know. As the longer it goes, the the more nervous I'll be. So that's yeah, the right. only prediction I, I'm definitely sure of. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the thing with the Islanders, though. I've, I feel like it's been like three years now that we've been like the Islanders aren't good. Like, what are they doing? They're not good. Eventually, they're going to stop playing like this and they never actually do. So <laughs> I guess at some point we have to acknowledge that this like group of like random dudes and Matt Barzal like is actually a good hockey yeah. team maybe um or coach <laughs> wizard it. one yeah. of the two can say i'm gonna give an actual prediction i'm gonna say it goes seven games and i have to say that the flyers are gonna win because i absolutely refuse to put negativity into the universe in the playoffs so i respect that that works I, yeah i i do think this is gonna be tough for the flyers mm. given how tough montreal was for them um they didn't do a lot of, I don't think, adjusting as well as they could to the Montreal game. So unless they've figured it out, I think they're going to have a tough time with the Islanders. But I'm going to say Flyers in seven because I need it to happen. Otherwise, I will die. That's <laughs> that, that's the gentleman's <laughs> prediction, I think. Yeah. The seven game. Well, I mean, it's obviously seven games. They're both good teams, but I think mine will win. I mean, that's that that's fair. I, I could see that. But right. but but in all honesty, I could see that happening. <laughs> and I respect your, your very like... Um, like national sports broadcast analysts answer, mm. not answer. I respect it. It was good. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> should be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, Dan, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, everyone should go to lighthouse hockey, which is one of my favorite SB nation hockey blogs. Check out what they're doing over there. Check out the podcast Islanders anxiety. You guys have a couple of shows, right? Yeah, we do. We have Islanders Anxiety, we have uh, Isles Buzz, we have PT Isles, and then I have Islanders Award winners. If you're into hockey history, you want to check that out. And uh, yeah, so we we try and keep it. Uh, we try and have a lot of different views and and stuff like that. So you can always uh, sample and and take a look around. But uh, we we've made up for a lot of lost time on Islanders Anxiety by having. Uh, like two or three episodes a week to keep up with what the hell is going on. And, and after <laughs> taking four months off, I guess it's the least we could do, but uh, yeah, yeah right. we got a lot of stuff there. So, uh, so check it out. All right, cool. Awesome. Dan, thank you so much. Um, not to put you on the spot, but if this series stretches out a bit, maybe I'll talk to you again, do a little yeah. update, see how we're going. Thanks yeah. so much. Everyone go to lighthouse hockey, check out what they're doing over there. Go Flyers. <laughs>